Sports stories from the 419 in Northwest Ohio brought to you by a voice you know. It's time to go around the area and around the Hearn. Hello and welcome to another edition of Around the Hearn. There's not a lot of sports going on. As a matter of fact, there's not really any sports going on, but there's a lot of sports news in the area to get to. A lot of young men and young women signing their college letters of intent to play at the next level whenever and whatever that means. One local college in Urbana University is closing after this semester, which is sad. They were bought out a couple of years ago by a university in Columbus, but not enough money, I guess, going through there. And so many local athletes who are affected by this, my heart goes out to them. The uh, women's basketball team, a lot of the young ladies I'm so familiar with calling their high school games. Versailles, Kimmy McEldowney, Lexi Wright from Riverdale, Casey Knippen from Audeville, and Olivia Koenig from Bluffton. But it doesn't end there. You've got a handful of young men from the football team, C.J. Fluker from Defiance, men's basketball team, Peyton Judy from Fort Recovery, Will Eversole from Versailles playing baseball, and just a great group. And not only that, but... You've got the wrestling team, Connor Dixon and Cole Hauser from Indian Lake and Ben Logan, respectively. Dominic Patton with the men's soccer team from Bell Fountain. The golf team, Allison Hemelgarn from St. Henry, Dana Jones from Riverside, and Olivia Koenig again from Bluffton. Kayana Cook from Shawnee for the swimming team. And just, it's so sad to see that have to happen, I guess. And the thought is maybe this isn't going to be the last school to have that happen, but I hope that all of those young men and young women are able to find great places to go because they're all tremendous athletes and tremendous people as well. And I've been fortunate to speak with a lot of that group. Canceling is the modus operandi of the week because the OHSAA canceled spring sports Finally, I, I don't know how you want to look at that, but a lot of people thought it was a long time coming. Uh, they survived as long as they could. The governor, though, said some things a couple of days ago kind of made it have to happen. Uh, the financial ramifications are serious. We lost a good share of our ticket revenue. Football attendance was down this year. In the spring, everything but track is profitable. It's not all about profit, but look, at the end of the day, we're a business Jerry Snodgrass, the executive director of the OHSAA, said a couple of days ago, and I've talked to him since then. It's not something he wants to do, but unfortunately with the climate that is uh, happening, it's what they had to do. And I have all the respect in the world for Jerry about having to be the bad guy, having to be the black hat, and just make sure you get things done. There will be another day, uh, unfortunately, now for a class of 2020, my heart goes out to them. But all the people who put together the statewide Lights On program a couple of nights ago, one of the neatest things I've seen, I put an article up, it's at michaelhearn.com. You can see a lot of the tweets and a lot of the pictures. I went and saw the Lights On at Spencerville at 8.20 for 20 minutes to honor the class of 2020. It's going to be an odd thing you know, for years, but hopefully it'll, it'll be something that'll make everybody stronger in the end and got a, a lot of uh, college signings I talked about, but a lot of great guests as well. Talked to Luke Kanapke from Marion Local and the University of Toledo. 
he talks about signing his pro contract and how he's going to go play overseas. Kind of what the climate has meant for that and everything going on, uh, how it was odd. They were canceled during the MAC tournament in Cleveland. Another young man in college basketball in Pandora Boas, Drew Johnson. He's at Huntington University in Indiana. Talks about the uh, Rockets' run to the state Final Four a couple of years ago where they met Marion Local and uh, what is going on at Huntington University. Jacob Wanning and Cole Frillinger back by popular demand. They're talking about cold water baseball this time as the uh, two of three series on cold water continues to run. They will talk about the run last year for the baseball team to their state title in Akron. Unfortunately, they don't get to defend that title. But another Final Four participant, Luke Krause from Antwerp, will talk about the Archers baseball program. And you'll hear the last game that they had to win to get there. little piece to the end of that from the Collider game in the regional finals. All of that's coming up. But a lot of uh, college news in the books this week. College signings. I love the uh, Minster duo of Janae Hoying and Ivy Wolf. They do everything together on the court, and they nearly signed on the exact same day. Janae Hoying with her commitment that she's going to go play at the University of Finley, which is already a terrific program, kind of maybe missing a piece or two. They've got a great class coming in for next year, including uh, some local talent. A couple of years, I'll have Janae Hoying there as well. And uh, Miami of Ohio got a lot richer in the uh, multiple MAC Player of the Year in Ivy Wool. First team All-Ohio and just makes terrific decisions. I have her and uh, the All-Hearn team MVP this year. Just uh, so impressed with her game. Does a tremendous job for Mike Wiss and the Wildcats. Kelsey Schaefer, congratulations to her. She's going to go to Ohio Dominican University. Javon Woodruff from Wapak is going to go play football at Ohio Northern University. Taylor Paul, Indiana Tech's going to get her services to play volleyball. And Ottawa Glendorf big man Ben Westrick is going to play basketball not all that far from home. He's going to stay in Lima and go to the University of Northwestern Ohio. And just down the road from there, girls basketball news, uh, Billy Tafflinger, He's going to return to the sidelines at Lima Central Catholic to replace Ron Williams as a girls basketball coach. One of two different girls basketball coaches to have their position change in the last couple of weeks. The Belfont Examiner says that Riverside's girls basketball coach Bryce Hodge, who also coaches some football, will hand over his duties to Rod Yoder. And that's, uh, that's a change. He wants to focus on the football team and see what uh, he can do. But a lot of great interviews coming up again, and congratulations to all the athletes putting their names on the line. Hopefully there is a fall sports season and a winter sports season, and they're able to show what they can do. Coming up, Luke Kanapke, Drew Johnson, Jacob Winning and Cole Frilling, and Luke Krause here on Around the Hearn. Danny the Dealmaker, have you ever noticed how Lee Kinsel Chevy Buick GMC is a little like a sports team? How so? Well, you got your Lee Kinsel team starters, like all of our salespeople. Yeah? And then you got your talent on the bench, ready to back up every one of those starters to ensure that the team wins, like our incredible service people. You know, you're right. A customer can come in, select their favorite, and be on their way in no time. Sort of a pick and roll. Now you got it. See us at 650 West Urban Road, online at LeeKinsel.com, and on the phone at 866 Lee Kinsel. 
Talking about college and a pro basketball in the world right now and joined by Luke Kanapke. And first of all, uh, congratulations on everything, finishing up basketball, graduating, I would imagine, soon from UT. Yes, correct. Thank you. Uh, you get uh, kind of a, a, you look at a big career and you got to do a lot of cool things. I was reading about different things, thinking about how you got to play against ONU in college, you got to play against one of your future teammates when you go overseas a couple of years ago. And it's just kind of, would you imagine that when you sign on to go to UT about all the, all the places and all the things you get to see? No, I never really expected those things, but they were really great to experience like playing against my former teammate, both in high school and AAU. And then we even took a four trip to Italy. It was great, great experiences there. What's uh, what stands out to you about that trip? Um, it was just the culture, taking it all in. And it was really good for our team to be able to. So, like, when you take a foreign trip, they give you extra practices you're allowed to have in the summer. So that really helped our team out. And then the team bonding we did on the trip it was really great for our team chemistry. Do you look at a lot of the things that you've gotten to do? And, and I realize a lot of it is because of hard work. You get to college and you continue to put that in. But you go in and you tell eighth grade Luke, you know, you're going to get to do this, this, and this. Um, yeah, I probably would, uh, would not have believed that, but <laughs> I, it's always something I dreamed of as a kid. And then that dream kind of left me for a while, like those junior high, early high school years. And then I realized that I can actually do that again. And it, it kind of took flight and I'm really proud of myself for doing that. It also helps that you grew to be almost seven feet tall. Yeah, it definitely helps. <laughs> it's not, uh, it's not, you know, a lot of guys mowing lawns or whatever. Just look it up. Like, wait a second. But it, <laughs> it is not without obviously putting in a lot of hard work, and it pays off. You sign to play with Limburg United in the Belgian Euro Millions League. They had a pretty good year uh, this past year. They obviously a shortened year, but how do you? How do they tell you that you'll fit in? So they just got a new head coach this year, and he's a younger guy, so. He really likes the modern style of basketball, which I like to play. I like to stretch the floor as a five-man. I like to shoot threes. I like to play pick and rolls, stuff like that. How much with what you guys did at Toledo this year helps you out with that going forward? Um, that's exactly how we played. So I'm assuming it'll be a easy transition for me. I know the style of play is a little different over there, but having a head coach who loves the same concepts will really help. Let me ask this. Was it odd in thinking about that, trying to think about your future and what it may be in kind of an uncertain time of, yes, all right, we're going to go through this, we're going to get this done, but I don't know how or what this means necessarily for right now. Yeah, I mean, it's still kind of that way. There's always a chance that this uh, coronavirus could linger on into next year, and then in that case, the season will probably be canceled. So there's always that. Um, chance, but I'm really hoping that doesn't happen, and it's just looking forward to it. You have a really odd ending to your season because you go 17 to 15, you win the first round, and are you guys? Where were you guys at? Were you sitting in the hotel when you found out, or were you near the queue? Yeah, we were in a hotel in Cleveland. It was um, a couple blocks away. The first game of the day was just about to tip off, actually, at noon. They actually pushed that game back to have a press conference with the league. 
And they originally said they were going to take each player's temperature before the game and still play. But then all the other leagues canceled their tournaments, and then we just followed suit with that. What was the first game like? I, I mean, how odd is that playing in front of no crowd? So that was actually, that news came out the day after we played the first round. So we had a normal game for the first round. Well, that's that's a plus. I mean, it, it, and those are still kind of different because it's, you play at 7 o'clock, everybody's getting off work, downtown Cleveland. You play Western Michigan, it, and that's ended up being, at least if you're going to go out, one, you get a win, and two, you went through a battle to get it. Yeah, it was a, it was a good environment for our last game of the season, and um, it was just great to get a win, like you said. It's kinda, it kind of sucks not knowing what could have happened, but, I mean, the greater good was just uh, not play the game. Of course, it's bittersweet, I would imagine, too, knowing that BG was the next game and getting another shot at those guys. Yeah, that would have been a fun one for sure. That's that's what I'm sure that if they were allowed to, there would have been a lot of people in that building for. Oh, yeah. There were definitely both Toledo and BG always travel well to Cleveland, so I'm sure it would have been packed. You uh you look back at, at the way that college goes, you said a lot of uh, different things and blocks, obviously, being uh, up there in the record book and that, but how much does having a school record in winning the MAC All-Academic Award mean to you? Um, It's never really something that crossed my mind until it actually happened. And then I was like, wow. I mean, grades have always come kind of easy to me just because my parents have always been on me about it, but yeah, I mean, it's it feels good to accomplish that, just to uh, be like a dual threat in the classroom and on the court, I guess. How much uh, are you getting to spend time at home right now? Everybody just kind of there hanging out? Yeah, I'm at home with my family right now. At least, uh, there's, I guess if there's something good that comes out of it, at least you kind of get time with the world slowing down to, to do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure my mom likes having me around a little more. Well, I'd imagine then that she doesn't have to, you know, fix light bulbs or anything like that. Oh, yeah, I can always reach those. <laughs> it's kind of a crazy thing, though, because I talked to Ryan Bruns a couple of weeks ago, and, and he talked about how he was trying to stay ready and how he was working out and trying to get different things after his quarantine lifted from coming back. How have you been able to sort of stay in basketball shape? So I've been um, doing workouts with my little brother and little sister every day. Um in the basement and the living room, I've been running a little bit. When it's nice out and not too windy, I'll go out and shoot in the driveway, but that doesn't happen too often. And then I'm hoping when it warms up, I'll be able to do a lot more stuff outside with uh, more basketball conditioning-wise. I, I love the theory. I remember I got to see a lot of your high school games and thinking of every time it seemed like you guys would torment Spencerville, I would just kind of laugh because I'm like, we don't have anybody over here that grows seven foot on trees. To think you go from that and kind of growing up and growing how that goes to now you have two kids from Maria Stein playing pro ball. That's that's kind of a cool thing to look at. Yeah, it's really, really impressive. And um, I'm really proud of Ryan, what he's accomplished. And I'm looking forward to the next chapter. I saw, I've seen a lot, uh, watched a lot of UT basketball. You have two of my absolute favorite high school players as teammates in Willie and Marion Jackson. 
I saw them a handful of times at Flying to the Hoop, and just the energy those two guys bring is that it's not just a game day thing. I would imagine it's probably every day. No, yeah, for sure. It's every day in practice. They're always competing as hard as anyone out there. Anyone out there, and it's just really fun to watch it. Really, give me some energy. Yeah, yeah. I wish I could borrow that sometimes, but I'm really glad I was a part of that. I could feed off their energy, and they really helped me as a player. Whenever you're able to, I guess, encapsulate your whole UT experience. How do you kind of put that into words? Um, I would say that my experience at UT was the best decision of my life to go there in the first place. And then I would say my friends I made there are some of the people that um, I'll, I'll continue to talk to for the rest of my life. It's been truly a life-changing experience. Those coaches have molded me into the man I am today. And I think... I thank God, I thank my coaches, I thank my parents for all that. Well, thank you so much. I, I obviously followed what you were doing, a terrific career. It was a pleasure to get to uh, watch and call some of your games. Uh, appreciate it. Thank you very much. That's Luke Kanapke here as he uh, recants his career and talking about signing it overseas. It's Thursday night. Are you hungry? Check out McSober's in a cold water. Boneless wings and fries, just eight ninety nine. Want a chicken of a different kind? Try the four-piece chicken dinner, $6.99, or the two-piece chicken dinner of $5.49. Comes with fries and slaw or sauce. Or get a 16-inch three-item pizza, just $11.99. I go to McSober's when I go to Coldwater. You should go to a 16-inch pizza for just $11.99 with three items. Put a lot of meat on it. If you don't want it, send it to my house. 419-678-2602 to call. You can text and get your order as well. 419-305-3707. McSober's in Coldwater Thursday night special. A uh, sponsor of this program and all of the Coldwater sports we've got coming up in the next couple of weeks. And a big shout-out to the folks at McSober's in Coldwater. Looking for three wins here today. The Well, right back to winning, rather. He made the double play to end the game. He caught the ball on a line drive and the Cavaliers are seven-time state champs. I don't think anybody realized it. I didn't realize it. The comebacker in the best way leads to the dog pile. And the seniors who lost a year ago in this ball game in Columbus are state champions in Akron. 27 wins and a state title and a dog pile for the Division Three state champion Coldwater Cavaliers. Just a line drive right back to the pitcher, and he makes the final out. Continuing on with the uh, stories about the uh, seasons from the young men who were able to be there, talking to Cole Frilling now about Coldwater baseball, and if you didn't pay attention to this last year, you missed a heck of a story. Cavaliers start out 0-3, a couple of uh, big losses early on, and then uh, 20 straight. Just to kind of let that lay in there, they won 20 straight games, then kind of had a weird stretch, dropped three in a row before finishing 7-0 and winning the state titles. Cole, that's, that almost sounds insane to anyone who didn't actually see all of that happen. That's a heck yeah. of a mood swing. Oh, for sure. Yeah, the first two games, um, I would say a lot of it was because of the basketball run. Like, it was pretty much what happens for football and basketball usually. But uh, 
then once we got some practice in, like the first three games, it was just obvious people's arms weren't ready and things like that. But And then we got into the swing of things, got into mat games. People started playing well. People got in there like hitting grooves, pitching grooves. And people just started, it just started like click. We got a lineup, like the set lineup, like not like rotate people in as much. And then the 20 game stretch went on. It was fun point. Well, and it's different too, because I mean, it's not like you played schlubs right at the beginning, Ben Logan, Fort Loramie and Shawnee. And oh, it's, yeah. it's just odd how your senior year, your last two sports start, you go 0 and 3 to start basketball, finish on a 14 and 3 run. You start out 0-3 in baseball, win 20 straight. And, oh, I mean a state title. I mean, that's an okay end of your senior year. Yeah, a little bit. What's uh, kind of looking at the games during that run, you guys have all across the board. There's a lot of blowout wins. You win two in a row against LCC and Rushi. You beat St. John's by 11, beat Minster by 11. That's, I think, one that people stood up and took notice of what this run could be, but uh, a lot of close wins too. That's that's just things are going right for you, I would imagine. Oh yeah, the close wins are the, honestly the most fun. Ones. Like yeah, it's like people like winning twelve to one or twelve to two or whatever. But like I like the close ones usually because when the close ones I'm pitching always. Uh, but uh, I always like that because then it's like it's more like a battle. Like you're not just like giving it. It's kind of like you got to earn it a little bit. Like you can't just throw it across the plate. You got to like throw it in a place across the plate or throw a right pitch somewhere. But uh, yeah, those are a lot of fun, honestly. Well, and it's kind of interesting too because I remember after the Versailles game, you win six one. You're sitting on twenty straight wins. Lincoln View is ranked in the top, uh, I think, two of the state at that point in Division Four, and you guys lose to them six nothing. I remember it had it had rained all that week before that. And they weren't sure if that game was going to get in. Lost to Van Wert back to back. Lost to Vandalia Butler going into the tournament. Before you guys see Van Buren at home in the sectionals, where's your mindset at? Oh, same thing. Like we knew we'd played three really good teams back to back to back. Like Van Buren or not Van Buren, um, Vandalia Butler. They've been a power forever. I remember my freshman year we played them and. They were, it was like our first game of the season. I think we got absolutely rocked. I think we lost like 20 runs, maybe something like that. It was maybe not that many, but uh, 18 to 10. Yeah, they've all, yeah, it was not great. Yeah, but uh, we played them. They've always been good. And I mean, you're coming in that game, like, you know, you're playing a good school. It's just like a tune up game, not like, not like to just like win by big number, but like to get like people playing against good competition and stuff like that. Like, you don't want to play like a just like a easy gimme game. You want to play something that's going to make you like actually work. And those three games, I think, were really good, honestly, for, to go into the playoff run. Because then you're like playing. Because then, like, even if you're playing a lesser team, you're playing like you think you're playing a good team. Like, you know what I mean, or a higher team. I think if memory serves, the oddity was that was on a Saturday. The Vendelia Butler game. Yeah. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was just kind of the odd thing because it was it was in the middle of that Van Wert Van Buren sort of thing, and all right, maybe they're just you know getting ready for tournament, and then Butler makes a decent run, and the sectional game by itself, though, I remember that was just one here, one there to get your two runs. The uh, kid from Van Buren on the mound that night, I remember he pitched tremendously, and I think you guys only had three or four hits in that game. 
Yeah, that was a rough one. I was not, I was not uh, going to the last couple innings. I was kind of honestly scared a little bit because uh, there's always like the joke around uh, how when Jake pitches, he always gets a bunch of runs to like back him up, and then whenever <laughs> I pitch, I get like two or three runs. Is like I don't the think that's a joke. joke. I think that's a truth. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, that always happens. I was like. Honestly, I went into the game and I was like, okay, what are the odds that we score over five runs just because of this? Like, it just it just happens. Like, it, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I was kind of scared at the end. But, I mean, you just kind of kind of go back to what you know. Like, just throw it across the plate, throw it where uh, the catcher calls it. District finals against LB. I remember that one, too, goes back and forth. You guys have one big inning where you just sort of explode. And it was – you had an inning previously – uh, I think I can't remember if it was you or Jake on the mound where nothing went right, and uh, that was me. Uh, it just uh, a ball got booted here. They got three runs there, and then you come back and get that one inning. And I tried to explain to people on the radio that night: this is baseball. Nothing goes how you planned. You can have the best game plan in the world, the the best pitcher in the world, and just everything goes sideways. Oh yeah, that game was like if something could have went wrong, everything went wrong. Like. Like, it was just the worst, like, as a pitcher. It was like there's, like, everything went wrong. Like, a little blue pit would fall. Uh, they'd pull one down the line. It'd be fair by two inches. Or uh, there'd I, be, like, an error or something that you can't control. I was thinking there was one that after you came off the mound that you had a ball hit to you that didn't exactly play correctly. Uh, I can't remember, honestly. I'm thinking it's, that, I, it's that game. It might have been. <laughs> um, I'm thinking I'm I push that that a lot of, honestly a lot of oh yeah I had to forget the bad one too but um no I think I thought there was a there was like a booted ball at third base like it was just like a super That's like exactly a rocket. the one I was thinking of yeah yeah and then like uh, it bounced off like our third baseman Miles blasting game club and like rolled foul he didn't see it like he knocked it down at least but like it just rolled to like the the uh, that, like side fence. And he didn't see it, and the guy ended up getting like a double on it. And then the next pitch was like a blooper. And then I, I just all I remember is the video in my head of you guys just absolutely breaking their heart by the time that the way that that game ends. And they there's a terrific crowd that night, and I remember it just sitting sitting in the middle of it and it going back and forth. And then at the end, seeing Coach Harlemert just kind of okay. Well, thank goodness that one's over. Yeah, yeah, that was that was exactly the feeling after that game. That was kind of one like we just need a win. Like I don't want to go home tonight, so uh, we just need to get a win here so we can keep going. It must have been something about the finals that year then, because the regional finals with Archbold. There's Archbold again. Oh my! And yeah. five to four, and it's kind of the same thing where hits are hard to come by, and and they were little bloop shots, and just everything has to go perfect to come away with one of those games. Oh yeah, that game was insane. Um, oh, I can't remember. I think it was the bottom of the six, and we were down like four to one, maybe. And I was like, it was hadn't the entire playoffs, like even in like the bad games, like the Liberty Bend game and stuff like that. Um, I'd never like thought like, okay, season's done, like we're this is it. And like the bottom of the six was up, and I was at second base, and I remember thinking to myself, I was like, yeah, this is this is it. This is a good run. This is a, this is a fun time, and then. <laughs> uh, we got in there, and I was like the third guy on deck. I was like, "You kidding me? I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the final out of the, my senior season too. This is this is terrible." And then it's, I didn't even have the chance. Like I was going through my head, and then uh, someone gets a hit. I think it was like Jake Hemelgarn gets a hit or something. Like I forget who it was. It felt exactly. like every time it he like, needed a big one, he got one. 
Oh my, yeah, he was just clutch. It was crazy. He got one, and then I think somebody, I think I don't know who the next person was. Then somebody else got a hit. It's like, well, dang, uh, like, well, dang, we got a, we got two guys on now. So then coach called me for the bunt, and I think I laid down the best one I've ever, I'll ever lay down in my entire life. I think that's the story that he tells too. Oh my! I I don't think I could have laid down a better one. That was the thing is I don't want that often. Like you're not trying to say I'm a good hitter or anything because I'm really not. But uh, I just don't get the bunt sign a bunch. And uh, he gave it to me. It's like, are you serious? And then I laid it down, and it ended up being a base hit too. So we had bases loaded in our houses. It was a perfect start. In the finals, you go through your roll, Roger Bacon, twelve seven. It seemed like anything that you guys wanted to put in play in that game on that big field just sort of worked out. But the Ridgewood game, a couple of hits here, a couple of hits there. You you make the pitching change. You you go through the whole thing, and you have at the end of that game, there have to be like three perfect things. The way that they were sort of mounting their comeback, everything came up cold water. Mm-hmm. It, that's just how it seems sitting there watching this of this this ball has to hit this grass exactly perfectly. Oh, there you go. There's the, the player up the middle to end it. Yeah, exactly. Um that last game, the like uh the Ridgewood game, it was just crazy. Like literally the game before like every every like so yeah, many they line drive hits in the Ridgewood game and in the game before every single one of those went down and we scored twelve runs on it. And then the next game, every same thing, same thing, like line drives, and they just like, they just get there, like, we hit it right at somebody. And we probably had like eight line drives, like, could have been doubles if they were in the gap, but like, just right at somebody. So it was just like, it was just like, dang, my God, did a drop already. <laughs> and it just would never happen. And then finally, I think Jake, Jake Wenning was on second, I believe, maybe third. I can't remember. And Jake Hemelgarn had like a hit up them. Actually, no, I think Jake Hemelgarn was on second. And then, Jake winning, uh, he he's the one that got the hit, and then we scored one. And then at that point, like I, Jake had one of the best games I've ever seen the kid pitch uh, going, and he scored the run. I was like, yeah, this is it. like he's he's not letting up a run. There's no way. Like he's he is on fire right now. So yeah, I didn't think that there was anybody that was going to be able to do anything against him in that one. Oh no, he was just he like. He, after the game, he told me, he's like, literally, if I wanted to throw a slider in the bottom left corner, yeah, I could do it. Like, Or like, just throw a change up somewhere or fastball. Literally anywhere, I could do it. It was just crazy. <laughs> well, thank you for, uh, for giving me your perspective on that. Jake, you look back, you think about the, uh, the finals. Uh, Cole just said it seemed like whatever you wanted to throw that you could get by. You go seven innings, give up four hits, one walk, three strikeouts. You only have to throw 68 pitches in that game, but the very last pitch, ground ball right back to you. Is there any thought in your mind about what happens, or is it just instinct, turn, and throw to second to get that out? Yeah, everything was just instinct. I He hit a really nice ball. If it got through, it probably would have scored the tying run, but I put my glove down there, saw that I caught it. I turned around, and I saw him sprint to third already. So I'm like, well, and then just kind of instinct stuck in. I kind of just walked it over there, flipped it to Jake Hummelgarn, and it was just a great moment. It's a script that not a lot of people get to write. You look at the way that the line reads on the state championship game. You get the win. 
you get a hit, you score the game's only run. I, I don't know that you could write a better script for to go out on. Yeah, I didn't hit the ball as well as I was hoping the whole tournament run, but I kind of knew my job in that final game was, wasn't to be a hitter. It was just kind of be a lockdown pitcher, which was never really my forte. But that senior year, I kind of just turned into a pitcher, and that was the best game I've ever pitched in my life. And it was just fun to be out there with everyone and kind of do it for all of them, not just for myself. I know it's a little bit easier to look at this with obviously having won the game, but do you- you go and you, you think about experiences, and you guys have had quite a few in your athletic career at Coldwater, but you go back and you look at that. The thing that always strikes me about that game is you go a full seven innings. It comes with its own drama. You get that run when Hemelgarn brings you in in the fourth. But that entire experience takes an hour and ten minutes. Yeah, it took an hour and ten minutes, but I feel like it took 30 minutes. <laughs> like The whole game just flew by. You get out there three outs, it felt like we'd come in, their pitcher would get three outs right away, and next thing you know, it's one and nothing. Jake gets a huge hit. He had a few huge hits all season, props to him, but that was amazing. He's been one of my best friends forever, and just kind of him hitting me in, one nothing game, something we'll both remember forever. I like to joke with his dad all the time about, you know, does everyone in your family have to be named Jay Hemelgarn? Because I get sheets, and I'm like, wait, which one is it? But he, he really did, though, because he came out. He goes two for four in the semis, drives in a run. That was the game I just asked Cole about where he said, you know, it seemed like everything came up us, and you have to come in in the end of that game, throw seven pitches to get two outs. Just kind of you're thinking, all right, I need to get through this as quick as possible because I know that Cole pitched today. I'm pitching in the finals. Yeah, could he told me I was going in, and I'm like, Coach, I'm, if we win this game, we need to have a pitcher for tomorrow. I don't know who's going to do it, but then I kind of just got it done seven pitches, and he said, all right, you're done. I'm like, all right, thank you. <laughs> so then Cole came in, and he kind of did what he did all season, just mow him down, and we just won that game, and then we kind of just turned our focus to Ridgewood. And Well, we didn't know who was going to win, Ridgewood or Kent Central Catholic. They're both really good teams, but Ridgewood ended up winning that one, and then we kind of a night, and then went and got the job done the next day. And for them, I mean, they have kind of uh, two straight where they have to. I remember they had to come back to beat Can Central Catholic, and it was kind of another odd one where they get up the hill, up the hill, up the hill, and then all of a sudden, Canton Central Catholic has the big fifth inning. They get one back. They had runners threatening in the sixth, and Ridgewood has to come back in the bottom of the seventh to to just get to the finals. Did you guys think maybe from a defensive perspective? it seemed like they were just, they were tired by the time they got to the finals. Yeah, I think so. It was kind of, I don't I don't know what to say if they were tired, but I think just both teams really played their hearts out and put everything into that semifinal game. And not to say that us or Roger Bacon didn't put anything to our semifinal game, but I think that we were kind of more prepared for to face either team the next day than they were to face us. How special is it to have somebody like Minster playing the same weekend as you guys. You see them a lot. You beat them during the season. Kind of, again, sort of that Mac thing of we're there, we're rooting for you, but then they suffer that kind of nothing would go out of the infield game for them. Yeah, we we, we don't root for those uh, Mac teams during the season, but as soon as it gets to the postseason and we're not in their division, we're all just rooting for each other. And I think that's the cool thing about the Mac. Like, you're never going to root for another Mac team to lose in tournament. Like, that's just not how the Mac works. And 
I wish Minster would have gotten farther than they did, but sometimes that's just how the game of baseball plays. Ball is just not roll your way, and that's just what happened for them, I guess. And you have the Van Wert team that snaps your 20-game winning streak in that scenario, too. I mean, that's there's not very often where a program has two other teams they played also playing in the Final Four. Yeah, Van Wert was a really good team, and I think we lost to Lincoln View that year, yeah. or last year, too. And they could have made a real deep run in Division Four. I don't, I don't really remember what happened to them, but they there's a lot of good Minster. players on that team. Oh, they did lose to Minster, yeah. yeah. But I think that's the thing about our schedule. We play the state-caliber team. I think once we get there, I think that really prepares us. Middle of the season during that run is kind of an awkward thing. You beat Knoxville 26 nothing, and I remember thinking after that, you know, you're obviously you're not trying to embarrass anybody. Everybody works is hard. It's a conference team, but it's just a point where no matter what you do with the bat, everything's going your way. Yeah, I feel like hits hits come in groups when it comes to baseball. Like we we're just hitting the heck out of the ball. It's not like they were making errors or walking guys. It was just one through nine. Everyone was just hitting the ball, and sometimes that's just how baseball goes. We weren't trying to rub it in or anything. It's just. Our bats were on fire that day, and I guess that's what the score ended up being. It must have been something about that week because you outscored your three opponents thirty-five to two. It just must, <laughs> it just must have been motivation that week. Yeah, I guess so. You need to keep coach off your back is probably what it was. <laughs> how uh, you look? You guys look at your four years. How does it? How do you look back at it? Uh, our freshman year, uh, a few of us dressed for that tournament run and. We were kind of hoping that we were going to experience that Huntington Park our freshman year, and we faced an Elmwood team, and we, it's funny that I'm on Ohio Northern's roster right now, and one of our seniors was on that Elmwood team, <laughs> so he gives me crap about that all the time, but kind of just seeing the seniors, we just knew once that was our time, we didn't want to end up that way, and we kind of wanted to do it for all the past teams that didn't get to make that tournament run, and kind of, we just kept progressing all the way up to our senior year. Uh, sophomore year, we lost in the district final, I think, to OG. And then we made that next month up. We made it to state, and we just couldn't finish it off. So then that was just our main goal our senior year to walk away with one. How cool was it to have the support of the seniors from the year before, though? Uh, and Coach was on a couple weeks ago, and he talked about how he's like, he said, you just don't understand the bond between those two groups. Yeah, our, our junior year, their senior year, it was just, Awesome. I've never seen a team come that close together. Like we weren't, we were, we knew each other and we were friends, but we weren't hanging out on the weekends or doing anything like that. But once the season came around, we just grew super close together. And then that following year, our team group chat turned into the name family. And that's just a great way to describe it. They were always there for us, cheering us on and seeing them up in the stands during that state final run. It was just awesome to see them there. Uh, baseball, obviously. I don't want to say in limbo, but kind of for the most part, shut down right now. Uh, that's even a harder thing to take with that being your freshman year. Yeah, it was it was just hard seeing those seniors and Coach Texualty talking to us and just telling us that the season's over and seeing the seniors' eyes. It was just really hard to see. And I just really feel for those uh, high school seniors right now. Hopefully school starts up and Ohio starts to reopen so they get their chance to do what we did last year. Well, the good uh, news for you is at Northern, you've got a tremendous amount of young local talent 
around, surrounding you. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you so much for uh, kind of walking down memory lane with me. Yep, no problem. Thanks for having us. That's Cole Frilling and Jacob Wenning talking about cold water baseball here on Around the Hearn. Danny the Dealmaker, have you ever noticed how Lee Kinsel Chevy Buick GMC is a little like a sports team? How so? Well, you got your Lee Kinsel team starters like all of our salespeople. Yeah? And then you got your talent on the bench ready to back up every one of those starters to ensure that the team wins like our incredible service people. You know, you're right. A customer can come in, select their favorite, and be on their way in no time. Sort of a pick and roll. Now you got it. See us at 650 West Urban Road, online at LeeKinsel.com, and on the phone at 866-LEE-KINSEL. Talking more basketball memories now with Huntington, Indiana University sophomore Drew Johnson and the uh, times at PG coming up as well. But kind of uh, kind of an interesting season for you. You play in eleven games, you get kind of that feeling. You guys get right around five hundred, and now you're going to make a coaching change. Yeah. So uh, Coach Platt, he uh, decided to retire after this year. His son Connor Platt was a senior this year, had a really good season, and. Uh, so he decided to step down, and we got a new coach by the name of Corey Alford. It's a, it's a it's kind of a big name in the Indiana land. Um, his dad is a uh, coach at Nevada, and he's the all-time leading scorer at um, uh, Indiana University. So Alford's a big name in, this, in the state of Indiana, so we got him, and he's already got us on at-home programs, working out, just getting, just getting, you know, getting to the fundamentals and the basics and just you know, trying to maintain what we, what we have with, uh, you know, with what we can work with right now. So but it's been it's, it's a good change. Um, he's young. He's got a lot of energy, and you know I I, I, you know, I think change is good sometimes. It can be bad, but I think this is a good change for us. Well, that was going to be my question. Was you know how much have you guys really been able to spend time with him with everything going on, or is it more just text, phone calls, and Zoom? Yeah, it's, it's a lot of a lot of Zoom, a lot of one on one conversations, stuff like that. Just just things from film that he's watched on us, what we can get better at. Um, you know, we were really we've been really young these first two years. Uh, we had we graduated two seniors last year, and I graduated two more seniors this year. So we got a lot of juniors this year. Um, but you know, I think you know, just getting that experience for the fir- uh, first two years uh, really helped out a lot. Kind of kind of like the Pandora experience. You know, we had three freshmen start um, in varsity, and just you know, kind of and we weren't that good, but we kind of got our toes wet. And I think it's I think it will help our uh, run the state. Well, but uh, hopefully, but. I was going to say I love about Corey is that since it was announced that he was going to be the head coach, everything he's come out and it's just positive this, positive that, and a lot of things that uh, he can bring, obviously knowledge from his dad, but he's not that much older than you guys to kind of be in that same track. No, no, yeah, he's 27. And, uh, you know, his dad dad played for the great Bobby Knight. So, and he's, you know, he's been, and Corey's been in a gym with his dad ever since, you know, he could walk. So he's just been around the game for 27 years and he's 27 years old. If that gives you an idea, but, um, no, he's a great basketball mind and just, just, you know, from the small conversations we've had with him and it's just, it's been really cool, you know, not even, not, not even knowing who he is yet, you know, or, you know, meeting him face to face, just, it's, uh, it's cool and refreshing to hear, you know, hear from him, hear what his thoughts are about, you know, what this upcoming season can bring us. So yeah, it's been, it's, it's been a good change. I think you've obviously good had- as well had uh, a couple of years now to kind of acclimate to this, but how was it going from the small towns of Pandora and Goboa to what Huntington, Indiana is? Yeah. So believe it or not, Huntington is, you know, Huntington is bigger than Pandora. I don't think you can get any smaller than Pandora, but uh, Huntington's 
Bluffton side. So it's it's cool because you know a lot of people know you. you got a lot of fans, got a lot of diehards. Got you know we sell out on our season tickets every year, and it's just it's it's a great it's, it's a great atmosphere. You know, uh, you know the Crossroads is one of the best you know Division two conferences in the nation. Um, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a few kids in our conference over 3,000 point scores. So I mean, the competition is unreal, and you got to bring it every night. And just the, you know, just the, the Huntington atmosphere. You know, people love basketball in Indiana. You know, that's they they, they live and they you know they breathe it. <laughs> really, they breathe it there. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You didn't know that, but uh, no, it, it, you know, it's cool. You know, you got people coming up to you all the time that you, you know you don't really know, but they you know they treat you as like your own son. You know, so it's just, it's really cool. But um, it's it, so, you know, it kind of reminds me of Pandora, but you know. It, I'm an hour and a half away and I'm in a different state. So I, you know, I've met a lot of new and cool people. So it's just, it's, it's comparable yet. There is, there are a lot of differences. So I guess it's, uh, yeah, like I said, it can't really give me smaller than Pandora Gilboa, but. Yeah. I always make sure to throw Gilboa in because I made a mistake one time yeah. and just said, Pandora yeah, and, uh, Oh my God. A lady yeah. was not happy. Yeah. I think yeah. she's one of yeah. 18 people that live there, but she was listening. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, and it is kind of cool, though. I mean, not that you necessarily get to see them or anything, but, you know, with having Jade and having Whitney from Grove and Arlington, you're not the only yeah. one from your neck of the woods. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, yeah, they really recruit hard Northwest Ohio, which I think that's a compliment to, you know, the young, the young kids coming up through the high school, you know, trying to play college ball and get a scholarship out of it. Um, you know, I, I think it's a compliment in Northwest Ohio. You know, I, you know, some of the high school games I've been to in Indiana, you know, going to watch recruits is, I mean, I mean, it looks like college atmosphere games. I mean, they, people just sell out. And, you know, Northwest Ohio, when it's tournament time, man, it's, you know, Lida, people pack the light up, pack Liberty Benton, Finley, wherever, wherever these small schools may be. But, um, yeah. So, yeah, that, that, that's the cool thing about it, too, as well. And that, that was definitely prevalent this year with the runs that, Grove and OG went on that no matter where it was, uh, BG was packed both nights and it was just kind of sad. I don't know how much you got to see of it about, uh, you know, them not yeah. really getting a conclusion. Yeah. 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 I, my heart goes out for them, man. I, you know, I, I put, I try to put myself in their shoes, you know, my senior, you know, our state run being one game away, you know, that, that'd be heartbreaking. I'd, I'd be pretty messed up for a while if that happened to me and my team, but my yeah, my heart goes out to Grove and the other schools that weren't able to participate in the state run this year because it's an unbelievable experience. The experience you'll never, you know, you'll never quite uh, experience ever in your life again. And man, my heart was broken. You know, as much as it was our rival, man, I, I still feel for them. You know, there's still people. You know, they got feelings too. You know, so I, I don't know, man. That, that's that's just tough. You know, are I, you, you allowed know, as to much say that I, coming from Pandora that Grove people have feelings too? Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully not too many Pandora people are going to be listening to this because they might, you know, they might get mad at me. But uh, no, I, like I said, man, it's, it's you know, it's bigger than sports, and that man, that's just you know, that's something hard. I, I just can't imagine those coaches, the community. You know, they had a great following this year just based off, based off some of the games I've seen um, from them, and they had a really good team this year and they had a really good chance at the state run. But you know, you just got it's all on God's plan, man. You can't get questioning. Unfortunately, you just gotta you gotta roll with it. Well, and you guys had your senior year coming out of football. You start fast. You get five or six wins right in a row. Kind of, uh, all right, we're starting to figure out with Coach Bradick back, everything that that entails of things are going right. That one close loss early on in the season to upper and then just run the table until the end and uh, when time ran out in Columbus. Yeah. Uh, no, we, we, me and Coach Bradick and, you know, the guys and I, we, we used to talk about all the time how that loss was one of the best things that ever happened to us. Um, I think if we wouldn't experience that loss, you know, we were, 
we were some we were heartbroken in that game. You know, we we didn't play that well. We you know we didn't give we didn't think we gave maximum effort. We just we let, we didn't we didn't leave everything on the floor, and that kind of you know ate at us. But we made a promise. We sat in the locker room uh, two days later because it was day for Christmas Eve. So the day after Christmas Day, we had practice, and we sat in the locker room. And we said, "Look, oh, this isn't going to happen again." Uh, this is our senior year. This is one last go around. We have a real good chance at you know making a state run. We, you know, we definitely can be a uh, full performance like that. You know, in the tournament because it can come to bite us. So that we talk about all the time. How that was the, that loss is the best thing that happened to us. Was it maybe was it an overconfidence thing because every game before that you guys had been blowing people out by fifteen, sixteen, eighteen points. It it, it could have been. Um, I, I don't necessarily I go and I try to go into every game thinking, you know, the best of the best, no matter you know, no matter whether it's a lower end team or a higher end team, I just try to think, you know, this team can beat you and uh but it could have been. Um we could have we could have been satisfied, which again, like I said, I think that I think that losing to USV made us better. Um it made us mentally stronger as well and it and I think it was I I, I agree with that. It could be a, it was a it was definitely a lesson for us, you know, not to take things for granted. Especially, you know, we had nine seniors that year and we just we came together and said, "Look, fellas, like we, we can't be we can't be doing that anymore. We can't be, you know, being satisfied and being comfortable. You know, being, we always talk about being comfortable and how that's, you know, comfortable will get you in the bad places. And so we just we just wanted to stay hungry and we, you know, we wanted to take the loss for what it was and, and better ourselves off of it. And I think that's what we did. So, well, because really the rest of that run, you only have two games. The Arlington game is a three point win. It's around beat Miller City by two. Kind of going back to back every night being a conference game. Those two and uh, Bluffton is a fourteen point game after kind of coming back to to end Van Buren by almost double digits, and it just kind of seemed like all right, everything is clicking going into the tournament. Yeah, we yeah we were we were definitely playing our best ball. You know, we finished we finished our season out at Corey Rossin scored minus six home points, so we finished on a really high note. But we also knew that we had to carry that in the tournament, and we can just be satisfied with that. I also think with some of those close wins that we had, you know, with the, with the Arlington's and Mulberry Benton's, you know, the you know, the ten ten or West Point games, um, they really they really stole balled. And we have this conversation a lot. And one thing I wish on the Ohio, Ohio basketball high school basketball would be would be put a shot clock in. I think it would really, you know, but you know that's just me, you know. Um, but you spend time but, in you know, Indiana, and you talk about that a lot, probably. Yeah, yeah, we do. Yes, we do. Um, but yeah, a lot of those close games, you know, we didn't really feel that close. We had control of the game most of the game. Just people slowed it down and would burn four to five minutes. And it was just, and there's only eight minute quarters in high school, you know, so there's only so much time, you know, so it's not like 20 minute halves or anything like that. But, you know, they had to do what they had to do. And it is what it is. But I, I definitely think that uh, Ohio should be looking more into that. What was it about Miller City? You beat them in the regular season by two, you beat them in the tournament by four. That they just, kind of would not go away from you guys. Yeah, I, I have the most respect for that team, um, especially that year. Um, at Miller City, they, they were up on us, I think, three or four at one point with like three or four minutes to go, and, and we had up winning by two on a game-winning layup um, by, by our center, Eli Phillips. And I don't know, man. It, we, we talked about that too after the season. Just Miller City had a number. You know, they, they really brought it when they were playing against us, which – it, which is fun, man. That's that's the kind of, that's the type of games you want to play. You know, you want to you want to you want to play high competition games. You know, it's not fun. You know, beating teams by forty. And I don't know what I don't know what they were eating the night before or drinking, but they were they 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 had a number in both games as well. You know, uh, I think at one point in the fourth quarter they even took a lead in the tournament. Um, 
then once they took that lead, we got the lead back, and we, you know, we had control most of the fourth quarter. But no, I the utmost respect for that Miller City team that year. They they had the, they had our number pretty well, and they were honestly our only really big scare in our tournament until getting until getting the state. You know, I, I think we only ended up beating them by three or four, and then every other team we beat by ten plus. So that was that Miller City is yeah they were they were very they they were very well coached they were you know they they knew their roles um they had a few really good athletes and you know they they played well against us you go through you beat Coletta by 23 in the district finals you get to the regionals beat Mohawk by 19 you're going into the regional finals with Crestview and they end up being a very good team a year away but kind of in the middle of that thing of them growing up figuring out how to win that what are you guys thinking going into that regional final? Uh, just win at all costs. Um, we honestly, if you want me to tell you, tell you the complete truth, um, we felt as the whole state of the whole state was, you know, had had Crespi beating us by ten plus, and you know, I, I I say it all the time. We just had, you know, we had Cooper McCullough, Jared Brees, Riley Larkham, Eli Phillips. You know, we had great we had great bench bench play throughout tournament too. Um, we just we we just we we said that it's, it's not going to happen. You know, it's let them think what they think. It's you know, there's no pressure. You know, it's there's no pressure. You know, we're the underdog in that game. I believe um, just by what what we're hearing. The only people that believed in us was our was our hometown. I I personally think um, you know they had two Division one kids, but you know, I'll throw that out the window. It it comes to who has bigger heart, and I think we had bigger heart that game. And you know, we did, we were we were willing to do anything to win that game to go to state and that that's the only thing that was on our minds. So I I really like I really like the under underdog role in that. I mean it kinda felt like a sense of pressure was off of us because every other game of the season, you know, we were supposed to win. That game, you know, you kinda you kinda just tell everyone thought pressure was gonna be us, but no, nah, I mean it's it it's a big difference between seniors and juniors. So I will say that as well just because, you know, it's it's a last go around, so you're gonna give it all you got. And they had a bunch of juniors that were really good players that had a soft a few sophomores from freshmen. Uh, they had two seniors that were really, really good as well. But I don't know, man. It was just, it was, it was awesome. It was awesome to prove a lot of people wrong. But uh, Crestview had a had a really good had a really good year that year. They had, they had really good they had really good players on the team as well. And they won state the next year. And you know they they were a really good team. Um, don't get me wrong, but I just think we had more heart that night, and we wanted to win. We wanted to, we wanted to win more that night. So for people who might not be completely familiar, explain just how special that the uh, the ride back with the fire trucks and coming through the county and seeing every town represented in Putnam County is yeah um, I'm, it's hard to explain really it, 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 it's such a surreal feeling you know and when you win that game it, it doesn't really kick in until you get down to Columbus and you know you got security everywhere you, you, just, you know you just kind of feel like a celebrity down there man it's crazy but that the feeling is indescribable. Like I said, it's one of the best feelings of my entire life. It's one of the key moments of my entire life. You know, it was it was awesome. Um, the community was great, and then the other the surrounding communities that were really supportive as well. You know, as much as we're PCL big rivals, we had a lot of PCL fans, a lot of BBC fans because we're in two conferences, and we had a lot we had a lot of support. Man, it was it was cool. Um, now, just there's really not a, a key word to, to describe what the feeling was like. Um, it was just. You know, you're just you're on cloud nine, and that whole week leading up to state, going to school. I mean, you couldn't focus on class. I mean, we were watching film in class. I mean, Coach Bradick was in meetings left and right. I mean, it was it was awesome. Practices were 
we were going really hard in practice. I mean, it was it was, it was just awesome. We we knew we knew what the opportunity in front of us was, and we uh, took advantage of it. You go into Columbus. You guys get down there. Maybe not so much for you because at this point you've got everything signed up with Huntington. You've you've been on their campus. You've seen everything. Walking into that building, a lot of kids have said they don't exactly feel comfortable in Columbus because there's not the big shooting background. You don't have the yeah. the wall with your senior pictures on it, and you don't have everything. Yep. Was that it kind of phased you guys when you went in? Um. I don't know if it didn't phase as much. I think BG helped a lot with that backdrop. So when we played Mohawk, we shot, I think we shot 22% from three that night against Mohawk. We had a terrible shooting night. Um, honestly, our defense won that game for us against Mohawk. We didn't shoot that well. But I think that was like our adjustment to the back, the backdrop kind of scenery. Um, that really helped a lot. And I, it, it helped for, it helped in Columbus, but Columbus, but the gym, is, it just seems so big. You know, it's, it's you know, shot seems such a huge gym. And it's just, uh, I don't know. It, I think that, I think that, I think the spotlight got a few of us a little bit. Um, but you know, it is what it is, you know, but, uh, no, I think, I think BG helped us pretty well with, uh, preparing for the, you know, preparing for stuff like that. But, uh, but it, I will say that nonetheless, the gym is huge. And when you look around, it just, it, it's just like a black hole. It just looks like it never ends. It's interesting for me going into those kind of games with, Marion Local, Pinorgaboa, because I spent so much time in both sides throughout the course of the year, and yep. there's always the age-old thing of, well, you know, it's the MAC against the BBC or the PCL. You know, this isn't going to be close. They don't stand a chance. But I remember watching you guys walk in, and, and it was as if no one had told you that. Kind of going back to you're talking about the underdog role, you had to yeah. have slept. I mean, obviously, you wish it would have turned out differently, but – in terms of physically, yeah. you had to have slept well that night, I would think. Yeah, no, we like I said, man. It, you know, it, you know that's, those are people's opinions. Um, the only opinions that matter were coaches and our players and what they thought. That's the only thing that really mattered to us. And like I said, we had we had nine seniors that just brought it every single day in practice and brought it to every single game. You know, you know it was lay your guts on the line type mentality. And you know that's you know we we just said we you know play our hardest and. What's you know? What's the worst that can happen? You know, it, we lose, we lose, we win, we win. Obviously, we wanted to win really badly, but you know, the ball didn't bounce our way that game. But I think we gave a great effort. Um, and I feel like we, none of us left anything out on the floor. Um, we could have performed a little better, could have shot a little better, could have played defense a little bit better. But you know, it is what it is. Uh, the ball just bounced bounced away that time. Like we always talk about, we we played Mary local ten times. We probably beat them five out of ten times. You know, it was just they they were better that day. Well, and it's crazy, too, because I remember calling the finals and thinking Marion came out kind of sluggish in the finals, and I attributed that to the way that you guys ran them. You were able to break their stuff at some point. They were able to do it to you, and it was just, all right, whoever has the ball last, whoever gets that one just kind of quote-unquote lucky roll is going to end up yeah. winning this game. Yep. Uh, Nate Bruns uh, hit a huge shot in the corner. I remember I was at that game. Uh, he had a huge shot in the corner to take it over time. Uh, Tyler Mesher, the post player, was a phenomenal player as well. Um, they had really good players. They had, they had good shooters all around them, too. They, just kinda, they spread out the floor really well. Um, you know, I, I thought they did really well. Michael Bothwell, you know, Division Four player of the year that year. Um, you, know, our, you know, scouting both teams going to state, you know, you got to scout everybody because you just don't know who you're going to play that night. 
And uh, if we were were to beat Marion local, they 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 had the same philosophy we did: just slow down basketball and make make the role players beat them. And I think that's what Marion local did. And that that game was enough to win the ball game. But they also did some. They also hit some key shots late in the game: free throws at huge three in the corner. And you know they deserved it. They they played better that game. They played harder that game. They deserved it. That and Tyler got one heck of a roll on his first free throw at the end. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yep. It's so neat. Uh, I'm going to have him on, I hope, at some point to talk about that. But just with everything they had been through with losing a teammate through the year and everything, just it's kind of odd how those things happen and and you're able to tell those stories later on. Yeah, yeah, that, that's super cool. You know, as much as, you know, as much as we were, you know, obviously opposing teams against each other, you know, I was happy for him. It was, it was cool to see an area team like them win the state tournament. Well, um, you know, and that was always my question. As a competitor, does it matter to you? I mean, all right, that's the team that beat us. We lost to the champs, or is that just kind of hyperbole? Uh, it. I mean, it kind of. I don't know. It's good and bad. The good, I would say, is it was, a, it was an area team that we knew, so we were obviously we were happy for them. But the bad was, you know, the ball goes our way that game because I think we lost by two or three. Ended up being the final score. Um, that could have been us. So that you know, it, it depends how you look at it. You know, you can look at it the good way as an area team that won it and we lost a state chance, or the other ways that could have been us. And knowing and just you know, my comp- you know, I'm just really competitive, and I look at it the way that could have been us. But that's just me, and I know a lot of other guys on the team look at it that way. But I know some other guys look at it as like I'm happy for an area team that won it. So it just depends how you look at it, I guess. You look back at that run, your whole your whole senior run, or your time at PG. What jumps out to you when you look back at it? Ooh, what what jumps out to me? I think I think the maturity and the improvement we made in those four years. Uh, my freshman year, we won three games. My sophomore year, we won eight games. My junior year, Coach Brady comes in, um, unbelievable coach. Um, you know, changes the atmosphere a little bit. Ramps up our defense really well. Our defense was pretty awful for my freshman sophomore year. Uh, won 16 games, uh, got upset in the tournament, which I also think uh, helped us a lot for our senior year to be even more hungry. And then our senior year, you know, it just it played out how we how we dream, how we dreamt of it playing out. Um, but surreal, I guess you could put it. Um, the community, the follow, the follow, the support. Um, it's all it's all you know. Small small school basketball, small, small school sports in general is, is it's hard to it's hard to beat. Well, I wish you the best but of I, luck uh, this coming year when you, whenever things get back to normal. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> and that's uh, that's a big thing. Good luck with Coach Alford as well. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Anytime. That's Drew Johnson from uh, PG. Ted's Market, the little store that has everything in Pandora. Stop in for groceries and fresh deli meats, including Ted-made products like Big Bologna and Ted Hot's or stop by for lunch and Ted's Fresh Grilled Burgers. Ted's has been serving the Pandora area for over 25 years. Ted's Market, stop in before or after the game for your favorite snacks or beverages and fill up on Shell Gas while you're there. Ted's Market on State Route 12 in Pandora. Continuing to look back at last year and about big games throughout the course of the last handful of years of talking it or baseball now with Luke Krause. And I mean, that's... A heck of a way for you, Luke, to start off your career getting to go and play in the state final four. Yeah, uh, it was a tremendous, tremendous experience. I don't, 
I don't think we really envisioned it like towards the beginning of the season, but then things kind of just steamrolled and it just kind of, it just started falling in place. And we just got, got hot at the right time. And, uh, everybody just kind of united together. Like with the, the softball team did an awesome job too. with winning the state championship, but I think the whole community, uh, kind of like circled around us in a way. And it just, just blossom from there so it was it was awesome you guys uh kind of you hit the wall i mean you get historically one of the best teams in d4 in the last uh 10 years in toronto they end up winning the whole thing aj clegg it seemed like that day it just wherever he wanted to put a ball he was able to do it against you guys oh yeah yep he he the curveball was really good and I think we, I think early on in the game, I think we had a runner on uh, second base, and we ended, we got picked off a couple times. But I think there was one inning where we had bases loaded, and uh, I was at the plate, and we, I think we got picked off, so that forced us to two outs, and then I flew out to uh, center, so we would have been up one nothing. And I think those two pickoffs really kind of changed the momentum of the game and it, I think we, we just couldn't come back but yeah Toronto was Toronto was unbelievable uh, with Carafa at shortstop he he was just insane I think he made uh, backhand play fault like going away from first base you could say and I mean he just has a cannon and you can you can see why he's at Ohio State and yeah it was it was awesome to play there but yeah we came came up just a little bit short it, yeah, and there were a couple of balls. I mean, they say that he had three putouts, but it's yeah. one of those things where if you look at it throughout the course of that game, I mean, just the way that he was able to do it, he ends up going three for four, knocks in three of the runs, but you just know looking across, I would imagine, when you go into your game planning and then you walk into the stadium, all right, that's a special kid. We've got to be able to figure out how to do something with him. Yeah, we well, we found some... Uh videos of, of some of their games on uh, the internet and we got to watch some of their batters but it was just it was kind of like just like your normal uh, spring season game like you're, you're just there to compete and have fun and just try hard and but like it was kind of just a different team of what we saw at state like they just they just came out with a powerful punch I guess I mean they hit they hit some balls hard to the fence but yeah I mean they they were they were really good yeah. You guys were pretty battle tested going into that. Nineteen wins on the year. Your regional round, I got to see both of these games in person and uh, beat Colonel Crawford one nothing, beat Kaleida four three. That's about as you have to be playing about as good yeah. as your entire season to be able to get through that. Yeah, it was often uh least he pitched uh Colonel Crawford game, and he—I mean—he was on a roll pitching wise. Uh, we Jacob Sveen actually had a di- an insane diving catch on uh, short that saved a run from scoring. So that that kind of stopped their momentum early on in the game, and then we finally got a run across that uh, Gavin Baker kid pitched against us from Colonel Crawford, and he was he was lights out. He was throwing hard. We never really saw that in the beginning of the season, so. We kind of in practice and stuff. We pitched closer out so kids could get a have to speed up a little bit faster from what a uh, feature would throw. But yeah, and then the collided game. There was so many 
crazy plays that happened on both sides. It was, it was just a kind of a surreal game almost. Like you wouldn't really expect Clyde to have the errors they did just because they're such a good, sound baseball team. And it, it just kind of, I guess it just kind of rolled our way is what you could say. Well, it's funny because I've talked to coaches and I play baseball and talk to enough players of, you know, baseball has that weird way of humbling you where you see a ball yeah. and, and they have such a beautiful field in Hamler. You don't think balls mm-hmm. are going to take maybe the awkward bounce that they do, but you're right. I think if I remember, Clyde had three errors and they only had maybe one game all year where they had as bad of a, I don't want to say luck because you still, it's positioning yeah. and everything and game planning, but you guys hit balls that just right on the screw and they, they were unable to do something. I remember early on where they booted one of those balls, watching them walk back into the dugout, it was kind of like, that doesn't happen to us. Something's going on here. Yeah. You know, the same, yeah. The same thing goes for us too. Like, uh, Geyer, I think Jason Geyer just misplayed a ball in right field in that first inning. And then, uh, he came back and, uh, made a, I think, it was a catch on the bullpen later on in the game, and it, it was just a crazy catch because the wind there just it's blowing. You, like every fifteen minutes, the wind seemed like it changed, and uh, he made an insane catch. And then the next thing you know, he drives in that run, and it it just he just kept battling through it, and it showed, and it sent, I guess it sent us to the state semis. So yeah, it was it was surreal. I know that those games are obviously better when they're over and you're ahead on the scoreboard, but at the yeah. time, I know it's nerve-wracking, but how much fun are those kinds of games? Oh, it was it was awesome. I, I mean, not, the first thing for me wasn't the greatest, giving us those three runs, but I, I knew we, we had fight, but we kept coming back, coming back, and I guess the intensity just kind of kept growing, growing. I, I mean, I listened to your broadcast of it, and then uh, WPAU also did one, so I listened to both. And I, it was just, the intensity just kind of grew and grew, and then uh, we were in a hole in the seventh, and I uh, came back and struck three guys out, and it, it, the place just exploded for the far side, I guess. And then I guess we kind of had the momentum going, and then things kind of took a turn, I guess, with we got to change pictures and stuff, so things kind of had to restart for us, but then we I guess we came out on top and intensity just, just kept growing throughout the game, but yeah, it was it was an awesome, awesome game to play on and I think it, it kind of prepared me for like future high school sports throughout basketball and baseball, so it was, it was awesome playing. You go into what would have been your, your sophomore baseball season this year, a lot of uh, kids leave at the top in the league. Uh, you lose Spencer Gieske, the player of the year, from Tenora, Fairview loses yeah. a lot. Hicksville loses a lot. But you would have had, I mean, Austin coming in, uh, Jacob Savina in yourself. Uh, that's a pretty good threesome. You guys were, I would imagine, expecting to do some big things in GMC this year. Yeah, we were We were definitely hoping. Hopefully we can still get the chance, but we'll, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, we were really looking forward to this year. I know Hicksville, they still have some pieces. I know Tenora really – they still have pieces too, and then Fairview as well. They got a good uh, senior senior class and uh, junior class uh, coming back, and it, it was been a it was been a tough battle because every every conference game is going to be tough. But yeah, it would have been yeah we kind of missed out. Hopefully, hopefully we can get that top, those conference games in. But yeah, we were really looking forward to it. 
you're done with basketball season, you start to transition your brain to baseball. How far did you get ready, or how close, I guess, were you guys before the season kind of ended, and how did you find out? I uh, We, well, since we made a uh, deep tournament run with basketball, we really only had two days, really, for, like, the basketball guys that could have been there. But there was also other uh, basketball or non-basketball guys that were in practice for probably around uh, two and a half weeks. And uh, it was just, we came back. I've been, I've been throwing and stuff, like, with the team, like, for, like, looking gym stuff. So, like, not, not practice or anything, but we learned that we were, we knew because school got canceled for, like, three weeks. And we kind of figured it was coming. But then we had, like, a practice. Uh, I think it was a Friday. We got we got told that it would be it would be a while before we get back again. So I guess right now I guess they were just doing doing work on their own, trying to stay in shape the best they can. It's, it's kind of limited with like the resources you have, but yeah, that's how we that's how we found out at practice on uh, that Friday. What's your mindset? I mean, how do you stay sort of trying to stay in the baseball mode, hoping that? Uh, the May 9th date in the, the short season, really, I think uh, it's like a month and two weeks, how you're able to maybe salvage this year. Yeah, uh, I honestly like kind of think of it like also as a future thing, kind of. So, like, I guess I'll uh, do, like, workouts and stuff. I'll still continue to throw, but I guess if it's, if it's going to happen now, it's, it's going to happen sometime. And so I guess I just keep working and trying to, keep my arm in shape, but I mean, it's also just going to help me personally keeping my arm in shape and not staying fit and stuff. So I guess working out is also going to help basketball. So if we get like some stuff for basketball this summer, that'll help me out too. But just, I guess kind of having a positive mindset with it, not trying to get too negative, but yeah, just continue to keep working and uh, throwing a baseball or doing a, some weighted ball workouts. I saw the other day they have a Twitter poll. PBR Ohio has one, and it talks about the a lot of the big players in each division. They have a lot of, uh, I don't want to say faith, but a lot of, uh, they love you, put it that way. Uh, how yeah. you see stuff like that, how's the mindset of, yeah, that's neat, but I, I need to work hard to keep that happening? Is that kind of how that goes? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say like I'm. I still need to work hard. Like my, I, I would say like my VO still needs to to get better. Um, but it's it's kind of an honor, I guess. They still, I mean, they still have faith in me and stuff. But right, I'm not really happy with my uh, where I've been at. So I, I've been working. I've been working hard of trying to get to the point where I need to be. There's a ton of good players in Division Four. Uh, I could have been on that pool, and I guess I'm just kind of excited, honored to even be recognized for that. Uh, I know there's uh, Landon Price, uh, another uh, overall kid, and then from Lincoln View, and there's, there's a ton of other good players, but I guess, yeah, it's just got to keep a positive mindset, not really get too wound up with that stuff. Just keep working hard, and uh, hopefully you can help out your uh, community with uh, baseball games. Hopefully we can get that started. Well, I hope you guys get to play this season, and uh, obviously, best of luck to you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming on. 
Yeah, it was it's awesome. I've been I've listened to some of your podcasts with uh, uh, Kenny Stabler and uh, uh, Coach Sutter from Columbus Grove. Listen to uh, what his thoughts were on the regional game. So I've, I've listened to some of your podcasts. They're, they're fun to listen to. Well, thank you. I'd love to have you on any uh, time when baseball season actually gets started. Yep. Thank you. That's Luke Cross talking about Antwerp baseball. Back with more here on Around the Hearn. Big, big thanks to Luke Kanapke, Drew Johnson, Jacob Wenning, Cole Frilling, and Luke Krause for being on the show this week. And again, a big congratulations to all the area athletes who uh, signed their college letters of intent. And just keep thinking about the athletes going to and coming from Urbana, and hopefully they are able to uh, find new schools pretty soon, all, all talented and great kids. Next week, I'm working on a... Uh, Kind of a look at baseball. There's one place, the Korean Baseball Organization, who uh, say they're going to start play on May the 5th. The Hanwha Eagles have a young man from uh, our area in Jared Hoying of uh, Fort Loramie, and he is going to talk hopefully next week. It's going to be kind of interesting because they're almost half a day ahead of us about how we get this to work, but I can't wait to talk to him, reach out to him, through Twitter, talked to him a little bit uh, in the last couple of days, and we're going to try to make that work, talk about the Korean baseball organization and everything it means to maybe play baseball and get a chance for people back in the States to uh, pick out their favorite KBO team. I'm rooting for the Eagles. Their jerseys are awesome, and good luck to Jared. But that is what I have this week for Around the and Thank you so much for listening every week, and a lot of big things coming down the pipe. For this show, trying to keep going and uh, give you a little bit of a kind of a sidestep of what the world is right now, once a week. Have a great night and an even better tomorrow. And thank you so much for listening. Here I go. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Around the Hearn. Come back next week for more local stories from the NWO. But until then, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Michael Hearn PBP for more great area content.